Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking more about what's inside of us than the outside business world. That is going to pertain, but we're not talking about how to design websites. We're not going to be talking about, we talked about how to send people cookies a couple of days ago. That was a great one. Um, But, you know, all of these various things that pertain to business obviously are very important. But if things aren't going well in our hearts and in our minds, None of those things matter. And so we're going to have a great time today talking with Steve Rogers. So welcome, Steve. Thank you, Deb. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you. So Steve Rogers is the author of Amazon number one best-selling book, Lead to Gold, and the recently launched book, The IGI Principles, and I'm going to correct myself because it's actually The Iggy Principles, and creator of Alchemy Advisors Coaching and Consulting Firm. Steve is a former Warren Buffett CEO who experienced a radical spiritual transformation that has evolved into a new mission as a purpose-driven consultant and entrepreneur coach, an in-demand international keynote speaker, and as we said, a best-selling author. So again, Steve, welcome. Hey, Deb, it's really a pleasure to be here. I've been looking back on some of your shows that you've done, and uh, you've been at this for a while and doing some good work in the world. So thanks for Thank sharing you. your gifts. You know, it's, it's great fun. I get to talk to some of the coolest people in the world. How did you decide to get in this, by the way, originally? What was your very first show that said, I'm going to do my first podcast? <laughs> I was a guest on somebody else's podcast, and I went, ooh, this is fun. I can do this. <laughs> And then the rest is history. Then the rest say, is huh? history. I wow, went to the, um, it was actually a live, uh, uh, a, a real radio station. Um, I was in studio to, to do my interview and, and I just kind of went right from there up to the, the powers that be. And I said, I'd like to do a show on social media. Um, this was, you know, back uh, several years ago when social media really was, you know, being first used as a as a marketing tool. Right. And you know, and and I did, I did, and it was it was a live program. It was great fun. We were in studio in Denver, um, and then it has evolved through the years. You know, we're now proudly to to be part of C Suite Network. Yeah, I and saw the that. cool, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's great fun, and you know, we because we pre record. Sorry, folks, I hate to break it to you, we pre record, um, <laughs> and um, but it allows allows us to have guests from around the world, you know, all sorts of different topics and, and things. And so it's, it really is, is a lot of fun to do and very educational. I learn something every single time. Well, they always say that the teacher learns the most, right? Mm-hmm. From uh, right. being involved in the students mm-hmm. and then bringing up your own gifts and skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to be on the show. So cool. uh, I'll let you lead me wherever you want to go. Great, great. <laughs> well, 
You know, one of the things that I always like to, to know about is how you got to where you are. And, you know, you, you worked um, for Warren Buffett's organization, which, holy schmoly, that's about as, as you know, as, as the, the pinnacle for, for many business people. Um, and, and then you've kind of had this, this major transition to now, you know, being very successful. So walk us through kind of how that happened and how you truly have discovered what your passion in life is. Yeah, thank you. Well, that, that's a big question. And I'll try and give the Reader's Digest version, then we can unpack it as we go along. Okay. Um, so the, the Reader's Digest version is I came from a, a family of five boys. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my parents had five boys in, se- in seven years. So military wow. family, uh, mm-hmm. traveling around the country, I guess that's what you do uh, when mm-hmm. you're in the military. You have a lot of kids. Dad's the- home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I was a very rebellious teenager and I moved out of my house when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. My dad was a very strict military guy. Yo, this is my house. These mm-hmm. are my rules. Do mm-hmm. as I say. And, and I still agree with that philosophy. But at the time, I, I decided to, right. to bolt. Mm-hmm. So I um, ended up uh, evolving from there. And eventually I went from the, uh, the restaurant business into the real mm-hmm. estate business, moved mm-hmm. to California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the, on the path of being in real estate, I went from sales to leadership and leadership just kept being where I excelled. Mm-hmm. And I kept moving through the food chain, as they say. Um, and since I was a guy, um, when I moved out of my house that barely graduated high school, I finished the last year of high school on my own. And I kept trying to go to college thinking, well, if I'm going to be somebody, I better get a college right. degree. You have to have that college Got to have that college mm-hmm. degree. And I just was not an academically driven, smart guy to get through it. And I just went through like two or three or four years of community college mm-hmm. and I just never mm-hmm. could complete it. So getting into the real estate space um, and getting into sales, it gave me a path. And then being in California to start making money that I mm-hmm. was unexpected, like, wow, I never thought I was going to make this kind of a money. And then I really knew that I had a natural leadership mm-hmm. ability. But since I had never um, gotten to the degrees of the degree that I mm-hmm. thought college would bring me, I always had a coach. Uh, and I started hiring coaches in my late Mm. 20s. So for 30 years, I've had a coach every Mm -hmm. single year for 30 years, even before coaching was popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that coaching was to help me get specifically laser beam focus on what I was needing or wanting to learn at that time Mm -hmm. in my life, whether it was leadership or management, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So that path got me very into goal setting, mindset, personal development. Mm-hmm. And I always on it was on a spiritual quest. My parents were very, very strict Catholic and had this mm-hmm. very strong foundation. And I very much look back and, and appreciate and value that they gave me that, that, mm-hmm. that foundation. I don't practice in the way they practice now in a spiritual belief, but I highly respect it. Mm-hmm. And I knew from a very young age that I had a much, much higher belief and a higher power than I understood. Mm-hmm. And so that started this quest of thirst, of learning mm-hmm. about spirituality and higher purpose. And I started blending that into my, uh, to my life and my business. Mm-hmm. And then as I went through corporate America, I was in that for 15 years and we can unpack this uh, further, but I decided to, um, because of a brick upside the head moment, uh, leave corporate America and then started my own path into consulting and coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was about five years ago. So mm-hmm. the, the path really was um, a calling. I knew I was always being called to something higher. Mm-hmm. And every time I got to a certain point, I kept saying, this isn't quite it. Mm. This isn't quite mm-hmm. it. Even though it was fulfilling and it was successful and it was mm-hmm. purposeful, I kept going, this isn't quite it. And I knew that I was being called to something more, uh, but I had to go through all these trials and tribulations along the way uh, to earn my stripes, as they say, right. to get to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's a, a, a small chunk of a Reader's Digest mm-hmm. version of a very long path. But um, so 
that's kind of how I ended up now doing Alchemy Advisors and helping mm-hmm. people in business and life and life purpose. And uh, I, I really very much understand how to run profitable businesses. But if, as you said at the beginning of the show, if you're not focused on your inner purpose mm-hmm. and your happiness and your joy and being of service and some kind of a higher connection, life can, can be, mm-hmm. become fair, fairly empty with all right. of those things. Right. You know, and you're you're a little bit younger than I am, I think. Um, but you know, we're we're still of that mindset, especially with your parents and my parents. My my dad was um, army. Um, now he wasn't career army, but you know he he had that. Um, and and my mom was very much you know that uh, very much type of that person too. And to them, and and our generation, we were brought up that you had to be, you had to have things. Yes. You, you know, the big house, the 2.5 kids. I always wondered, you know, that poor 0.5 kid. <laughs> yeah. Which um, one got cut in half? Yeah. There, yeah. Right? You know, and, and, <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and your paycheck clearly right. was, was something that was very important, you know, the, and your the, title. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, title, you had yeah. to be, yeah, you know, president, founder, you know, whatever. Yes. It couldn't just be that, um, that you were, you know, the, the worker bee. Right. Um, and, you know, it was, it was interesting because that way, you know, and even as, as a young woman growing up, um, even though, you know, we were still, when I was, was younger, still pushed more towards marriage and, and family, but it was, it was about acquiring things. And so, you know, I was supposed to marry well mm. and, you know, marry somebody who was, was going to, to have all of those things. And I remember when we had our 10 year class reunion, you know, several years ago, we had our 10 year class reunion <laughs> and one of the people wanted to give away, you know, we, you always do award, uh, awards and things like that, right? right who came right. the furthest, who has the most kids, all those things. And she wanted to do who was the most successful. Oh, and hmm. I looked at her and I said, now, even, you know, I would have been 28 at that point. And, and I said, by whose definition? Yes, that's a great question. And, you know, and, and she looked at me and of course, for her, there was one. One definition only, and it was money. Ah. Um, you know, how much did somebody make? Because the yes. person that she said should get it probably was the person who was earning the most. Now, it was a very, I had a graduating class of 32. So oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty easy to figure out a lot of these things. But, <laughs> but I told her, I said, no. I said, you know, who's to say that, you know, our classmate, you know, Sue, who had two wonderful kids, wasn't the most successful yeah. or, you know, this person who owned the, the local garage wasn't the most successful or, you know, all these things. And I happen to know that the person that she thought was the most successful was probably one of the most miserable, mm. um, you know, and, 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 but yeah, it, we, we get these weird definitions caught in our brains from when we're really pretty little yeah. and, you know, and then that drives us and we, and, and that's where then we forget that what's in our heart and in our heads is, is more important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I got on that same quest as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's my, my current book talks about that. Iggy mm-hmm. uh, comes from, uh, you know, he's passed now, but I'm sure people have heard at some point of a guy named Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wayne Dyer was on PBS. He had mm-hmm. all kinds of books. He was originally a psychologist, therapist, but he became a spiritual leader and thought mm-hmm. leader. He was on Oprah and his own shows mm-hmm. and all that. But he talked a lot about ego. Mm-hmm. And he said, we all have egos as human right. beings. You know, we're, we just do. It's part mm-hmm. of our DNA. It's part of our makeup. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, unnatural to have it, of course. That's why when um, we're a little kid, we're like, mine. 
That's right. Mine. <laughs> right? It's a, and it, Mine. And it helps form part of our identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. having your ego is part of your identity. So it's not that that shouldn't be part of our DNA. But what happened mm-hmm. for me is that as I was on that quest of corporate America, mm-hmm. I was about the stuff. I mm-hmm. was about the title. I was about uh, my parents are, you know, been married for 60 plus years and a, you know, very well provided mm-hmm. for us. But we were not a wealthy family. We didn't mm-hmm. come from high means. And, yeah, you know, military, military, middle, mm-hmm. middle class, military, you know, did as best they could. But I always had this like, I, I've got to, like you said, have more. I had to get the car or the status. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, how am I going to get that if I barely graded mm-hmm. graduate high school? Mm-hmm. So as I got on that quest and got into corporate America, the next title, the next position, mm-hmm. the next paycheck, the next, uh, you know, what emblem I had on my car, mm-hmm. uh, how many square feet I had in my mm-hmm. house, it was all very much important, a part of mm-hmm. my path. And I'm not saying that that didn't serve its purpose, right. because at the time, it did help drive me. And I did help mm-hmm. do a lot of good in the world and helped a lot of people along the way. But I clearly looking back was much more in my ego than I was in Iggy. So mm-hmm. Iggy is the opposite of ego because what mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer talked about a lot was that ego, and I was reading one of his books and one day it just struck me when he, this very simple phrase, mm-hmm. he said, when you're in your ego, which we will always have, mm-hmm. but when you're deeply in it, you are edging God out mm-hmm. or you're edging good out. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, that's pretty powerful. That makes sense. If I'm just all about me, me, right. me, me, mm-hmm. how could I be in goodness or of service mm-hmm. to higher mm-hmm. power? So I said, well, how am I going to remind myself on a daily basis mm-hmm. to stay out of my ego? So I said, well, mm-hmm. that would be inviting God in or mm-hmm. inviting good in. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the IGI mm-hmm. and then said, oh, that sounds like, looks like, or I'm going to call that Iggy. Mm-hmm. So I started just for my own mantra, my own affirmation mm-hmm. saying, am I an ego? And I, am I an Iggy? Mm-hmm. Am I an ego? So when I would walk into a meeting, mm-hmm. when I would go into a conversation, when I was making a decision, but it helped me then start less focus on the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started getting much more into servant leadership. Mm-hmm. I started getting much more into serving others, mm-hmm. caring what others thought. How could mm-hmm. I make a difference in someone else's life? So it did help me start shifting mm-hmm. my course beyond what you're, you're, you're saying um, mm-hmm. about the stuff. And, and uh, it's not that I don't still have that to this day. I do, right. but it's- We like way, our stuff. We like our stuff. Mm-hmm. I do. I just like a lot less stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like, you know, I like to less attachment. I've learned mm-hmm. that the more stuff you have, the more attachment you have mm-hmm. and the more stress normally you have in your mm-hmm. life. At least I, so I'm tr- I've tried to simplify more and more and more, even though mm-hmm. I still like some of my stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, there, there are times where we need ego. I mean, you know, there's there, and and yeah, we like our stuff, but we've changed our opinions of what that stuff has to be, yes. um, you know, and, and, and everybody has things that, that are important to them, you know, whether it's, you know, what vacation they can, can take if we can ever get on planes again, um, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, what car they drive, where they live, all of those various things. And, and, and we're not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, it's just when that becomes the overriding thing and it's, okay, my house is 3,000 square feet. I got to have a 4,000 square foot house. So I'm going to work 12 hours a day to do it. Um, you know, and, and, and just kind of that continual gerbil wheel yes. of, you know, going and going and going. And then that wheel stops for whatever reason, you know, and, and we don't know how to function. Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what I found with that is then there's a fill in the blank from that. I have mm-hmm. to have that 4,000 square foot house or I have to have that Mercedes car because when I have that, then I'll be happy. Right. Then, mm-hmm. I'll, then I'll be more happy. Mm-hmm. Then I will feel more fulfilled. Right. Then I'll and feel worthy. And it never happens. And it never happens. Mm-hmm. It's like what I found along the way of, like you said, I did get to the pleasure of meeting Warren Buffett mm-hmm. and working for him for 
I was at the same company for 15 years and he mm-hmm. owned it for seven of the 15 mm-hmm. years I worked mm-hmm. there. And I went from being a manager to becoming the CEO of that company. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty massive company. We were doing $25 billion a year in sales volume mm-hmm. and selling around 36,000 houses a year in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty big organization, but there was a lot of politics. There was a lot of power. There was a lot of corporate right. structure and there was a lot of wealth that I met people on the way. And I acquired mm-hmm. some of my own wealth along the way. Mm-hmm. But um, I found that... Um, People of status and people that were in positions that I longed for or wanted, mm-hmm. I started asking really personal and direct questions when mm-hmm. I would be in meetings or dinners with them and said, and I started asking questions about their, when they reached that status of mm-hmm. they made their first million mm-hmm. bucks, they got the president title, they mm-hmm. were a published author. How did it feel? Right. How, how fulfilling was it? How long did it last? And did mm-hmm. it feel the way they thought that it would feel? Mm-hmm. And did they feel it was making an impact still in the world after mm-hmm. now it had been accomplished? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to find, and I spoke to some very successful people along the way and also achieved some of that status myself, that it was always an answer of it didn't quite feel uh, like I thought it was going to mm-hmm. feel. It didn't quite feel exactly as I hoped it would last mm-hmm. as long. And then I immediately went to what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. So what happened is uh, even though wealth can be used for good in the world mm-hmm. and wealth can be used to help better your family and wealth can be used to help better your own life. Uh, if wealth is only being used as a measuring stick for more status or more power mm-hmm. or more control, then I find that that becomes a, a very obvious spotlight on the whole and the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all have holes in the soul. We right. just do. I mean, we're human beings and mm-hmm. we're here on our own past learning. So what I found though, is that hunger for status, power, mm-hmm. or money really was something that could never be filled. Mm-hmm. It could never be filled enough. And so I had to break from that and really Mm -hmm. start shifting that. It's not that I don't still want to be successful and I still Mm -hmm. want to make money. I do. But my purpose of why I do Mm -hmm. it now of being a Mm purpose-driven consultant or a purpose-driven coach Mm -hmm. or only working with companies that have purpose-driven higher Mm -hmm. mission type goals, aspirations, and products or services now has been, it's a combined how can I serve? Mm-hmm. How can I be of value? And from that, then monetary money mm-hmm. can still come from it, but I don't exchange one for the other. Right, right. Well, yeah, you mentioned Warren Buffett. Um, it, from, from all accounts that, that I have, have heard and read, he's actually a pretty unassuming guy. Um, what, what was he like? You know, he is, he is very unassuming. I remember when I first was flying back to meet him, he had bought our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on the executive team at the time and I heard, okay, Steve, we have a small group of our team going back to meet Warren Buffett in mm-hmm. Omaha. I'm like, oh my God. And I remember flying on the plane. Uh-huh. I was flying back and I also at the time was so excited and so like, oh my God. I mean, it was yeah, just going to meet awe. Warren Buffett. I'm going to meet Warren, Warren Buffett. Buffett. <laughs> And at the same time, I had this um, also self-doubt of like worthiness. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, you know, is he going to know that I didn't graduate high school? Mm -hmm. I mean, I had like this insecurity. What if he doesn't like me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I had, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, my self-sabotaging talk here, I'm going Mm -hmm. to meet this one of the most successful men Mm -hmm. in the world and I've got this honor and how am I going into Mm -hmm. self-doubt talk? And luckily that didn't last very long. Mm -hmm. But when I got into the room with him, there was probably about 30 of us in a Mm pre-cocktail party before we went to dinner with him. And I was observing people walking up and mm-hmm. speaking to him and I was observing how he was shaking people's hands and I was looking across the room and I was thinking, God, he looks just like kind of like somebody's grandpa in a right. bad JC Penny suit mm-hmm. with hair growing out of his ears and his glasses mm-hmm. are all fogged up and messy kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, that's still Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was listening to the conversations as mm-hmm. I was trying to stay around the room waiting for my turn. And he was so charming and mm-hmm. so down to earth and talking with people on their level about mm-hmm. what they want to 
to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, and he was so, when I got up to speak to him, I had a, one of my first jobs was at Dairy Queen uh, and he owned uh, a big part of Dairy Queen mm-hmm. and, and stocks and things. And so we had a chuckle about that. But we went on to talk about the real estate market mm-hmm. and stocks and social security and cherry Cokes. And over the years, I got to observe him uh, in small dinners and mm-hmm. meetings that he spoke at in his uh, authority of running the company mm-hmm. decisions made from Berkshire Hathaway with the trickle down to his companies mm-hmm. and also observing him like in front of 20,000 people mm-hmm. at the Berkshire right. Hathaway mm-hmm. shareholder conference with Charlie Munger. And I must say that he is so uh, aware mm-hmm. of who he is and who he is not mm-hmm. in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very comfortable in, in the skin uh, of not trying to be something he's not and mm-hmm. trying to put on airs. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as people know, he's, uh, many people know, he's lived in the same house for many, mm-hmm. many years. He's not all into shiny things and status mm-hmm. stuff. And he's given much of his wealth away and plans mm-hmm. on giving away more. So I found it to be an honor to meet and work mm-hmm. for him. I was in awe by his humbleness. Mm-hmm. I was in awe by his brilliance of his, his gift mind that he was gifted with from a higher power and he's mm-hmm. used it to uh, his greatest talent and mm-hmm. he really is passionate about what he mm-hmm. does. I mean, uh, you know, some people are passionate about art or music or sports. He is so passionate about numbers and mm-hmm. business and, uh, and uh, forecasting things. It mm-hmm. really is what lights him up. So right. it, it was very cool to be mm-hmm. observing that and being part of that DNA for mm-hmm. a period of my career. Right. You know, and it seems like he embodies one of the things that that you mentioned, and that's that servant leader, you know, knowing how to bring out the best in people by helping them, Um, you know, and and I think that's what we're we're getting there. More and more businesses are, are figuring out that, you know, if you treat the people well that work for you, even if they leave you, that's okay. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and it, it didn't used to be like that. I mean, you know, you, uh, if you would have suggested, you know, hey, I'm going to take a college class. Would you like reimburse me for that? Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, you know, and, Fear and, now, and threaten. Like, right, I know. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they would think, well, you know, you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're going to figure out you shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and, and if that was the case, well, then you didn't want them there anyway. Um, right. You know, but, right. but yeah, it's, it really has been more, any, now, I, I, I say that not having been in corporate America for 20 years. You know, I've, I've had my own business, but I've worked with, with lots of companies. Yes. And, yeah, and, and they really have figured out what can we do to make things the best for our employees. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, and that really is part of being a servant leader. Absolutely. And, and Warren definitely does that. I mean, even though it doesn't always trickle down to the complete ground level of all the companies mm-hmm. he owns, it is attempted to be, mm-hmm. and at least it's a model that they hold to mm-hmm. about him. I mean, that's why he buys companies and typically doesn't mm-hmm. change their names. He buys right. companies and has mm-hmm. the CEOs or owners stay on for mm-hmm. minimum of five years mm-hmm. because he wants the leadership. He right. wants the culture. He buys like, a good company. He buys why, a good company. Why mess it up? Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's like, hey, I have the money. Mm-hmm. I can help you sustain up and down mm-hmm. markets. Why mess it up? Let's just do mm-hmm. better and more of what you're doing mm-hmm. and possibly with more money and more support system. Mm-hmm. Does it allow you to do more good in the world? Can mm-hmm. you better your product? Product? Can you make better employee relations? Can you, you know, make your par- mm-hmm. products more sustainable? So that is his mission and his mm-hmm. his vision. And like I said, it doesn't always trickle down, but right. his altruistic I mean, when you have view, hundreds of thousands of that's employees. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But at least that's his intended culture. Mm-hmm. And then it has to be uh, led. But I think in this day and age, you're right. Uh, the, the millennials, the XY generation, mm-hmm. they are no longer impressed with just Mm -hmm. because you have a title or just because you say they're your Mm -hmm. boss or just because 
uh, you are an authority that that is going to mm-hmm. be taken at fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I grew up, if you were a teacher or a policeman or my boss or whomever, mm-hmm. I was grown up that I better listen to you and that yeah. you you possibly ma'am were right. and sir. Sir, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, ma'am, sir, all that. And there's nothing wrong with that by right. any means. I think that mm-hmm. we could probably use a little bit more of that mm-hmm. kindness and, and respect. Yeah. However, questioning authority in the proper way mm-hmm. and questioning your own where are you most happy and where can you serve and allowing companies to have you question mm-hmm. that and search about better education, learning more skills, mm-hmm. learning communication skills, uh, giving you time off to do community mm-hmm. service, giving you time off to have longer time with your baby mm-hmm. that you have, or you know, if you're a husband, having time off to mm-hmm. also spend with your baby even though you didn't have, I mean, mm-hmm. those kinds of things that have mm-hmm. come in the world of the workplace mm-hmm. are reasons why people want to stay at companies mm-hmm. longer now, not right. just because of the paycheck, not right. just because of the title. Mm-hmm. And you deal with a lot of entrepreneurs over the years, and you're an entrepreneur, and entrepreneurship is a great um, path of where brilliance and creativity and intelligence come from people sometimes mm-hmm. not liking how status quo right. has mm-hmm. been in something, mm-hmm. uh, either being, you know, not enjoying corporate America mm-hmm. or feeling they could do it better or feeling they had an idea that might mm-hmm. serve the world better. So an entrepreneurship path is something that also I have embraced and, and I love being around op- mm-hmm. entrepreneurs because it is sometimes a little less corporate even mm-hmm. though corporate is, you know, corporate is really just a structure. You right. know, we say the word corporate, mm-hmm. but corporate is really just a structure mm-hmm. of having a structure in which a company can function and run legally. It doesn't mean that if you mm-hmm. own a large company, you have to quote in parentheses, be mm-hmm. corporate. Right. Uh, but it does happen when you get larger and larger that you have to have more processes and yeah, systems. More, more rules. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And we yeah, all need rules to a degree, but as they say, rules are meant to be broken at times. Right, right. or changed. <laughs> or changed, um, yeah. You know, it was funny. I, the, the radio program I listened to every morning here, they were talking about unwritten rules. And he was so funny because he said, it's a rule or it's not a rule. There's no unwritten rules. Um, and, you know, and he was right. I mean, you know, it really is true. And he said, if you want something, then you should make it a rule. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be an unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and I just, I found that humorous because it was, it, it, it really was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's right. It, yeah. it is or it isn't. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and his philosophy, he said, you know, so if a police officer pulls you over and said, well, it's an unwritten rule that you shouldn't do X, you're going to go, no, you can't give me that ticket. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, and the- and that also applies for our own boundaries in our own mm-hmm. life, you know, having rules for what we mm-hmm. tolerate, what we don't tolerate. Right. And sometimes we're like, we don't always tell people what are uh, not, you know, it's an mm-hmm. unwritten rule for ourselves, mm-hmm. but in our mind, our soul, we're like, oh, I mm-hmm. would never tolerate that. Or right. it's a rule for me that mm-hmm. I would not allow my boss, my job, my parent, mm-hmm. my spouse to do this or to do that or to break mm-hmm. this rule. But if you're not communicating that and you're mm-hmm. not setting a clear definition mm-hmm. of what your relationships are in business or personal life, right. those are also rules that we all live by. Right. I mean, everyone has their own mm-hmm. code of ethics. Everyone mm-hmm. has their own rules in which they say, you know, that's kind of my own rule book mm-hmm. or that's my moral compass. And so I think that, that the more we can make that clear mm-hmm. and the more people understand that and the more we can stand up for what we believe mm-hmm. out of our rules. And then also what, what happens if rules are broken? What are the consequences? Right. Mm-hmm. So then also articulating what are mm-hmm. the consequences mm-hmm. of rules being broken, mm-hmm. quote, you know, written or unwritten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's if they're, if they're unwritten, that just means that they're not clear enough. Right. They're not spoken about mm-hmm. enough. And I think what's they're happening arbitrary. in our- They're arbitrary, mm-hmm. exactly. And I think what's happening in our world right now with politics and COVID and all the stuff that's happening, there is so many rules that existed mm-hmm. that are being challenged. Right. Um, and there was new mm-hmm. rules that are being made because they weren't necessary mm-hmm. before. 
i.e. wearing a mask or i.e. social distancing. Mm -hmm. Those are new, Mm -hmm. quote, rules Mm -hmm. uh, that some people feel should be followed or shouldn't be. So as as society evolves or as we evolve as human and spiritual beings, we also have rules that are, quote, written or Mm -hmm. unwritten. And how do we make those clear Mm -hmm. to those around us so you can have Mm -hmm. a better life environment and and make it so that people don't have to Mm -hmm. guess what your rules are? (laughs) Because if they guess wrong... You can't hold it against them, or you That's shouldn't. Right. That's you right. know, and and That's um, right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's I I tell my husband, you know, I can't read your mind. I know. <laughs> well, my wife and I have that same conversation. We've been married 30 years and my oh, wife, see, we're 27. So hey there. So mm-hmm. we're, yep. we're right on that path. Yep. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so but, we can kind of read their minds, right? right. You know, yeah. but, but, yeah. but as they evolve and as they grow, mm-hmm. sometimes I, I was off target. Like I thought mm-hmm. I could read their mind. I right. couldn't, but, mm-hmm. uh, but my wife will have this thing where sometimes she'll have a dream and she'll have had this dream that I did something mm-hmm. in this dream. Uh-oh. I had this dream oh, and then, she's and then she wakes you. up and she's uh-huh. mad at me. I'm like, I didn't even do that. It was like, you know, but she wakes up with this feeling of like, you know, uh, it, it's so funny. Or she, are we as people, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we make up stories in our head. If someone didn't call mm-hmm. us back or someone right. didn't invite us to a party mm-hmm. or someone looked at us funny, mm-hmm. we make up these stories in our head without having all the facts and <laughs> right. the rules or mm-hmm. uh, about what was real. Mm-hmm. And it, it really then changes the mm-hmm. behavior. So it's just funny how communication mm-hmm. uh, can really help clarify right. rules or relationships or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you mentioned COVID, you know, where we are recording this right in the, the middle, the end, the wherever we are. And yes. you know, right. They told us two weeks and I thought, yeah, uh, yeah. it's going to be a month. And you know, that was seven, seven months, months ago. ago. Right. Um, but you know, I th- the rules are definitely changing. You know, and yes. especially for businesses. Yeah. Um. And and from what I've seen, I think things. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you know, I feel horrible and awful for the businesses that aren't going to make it. Um. You know, that's that's just tragedy for the business, for the employees, things like that. But I think the businesses that are surviving are finding it by one of the things is working differently with their employees. You know, this, this whole thing of you, you were in an office one day and now you're home <laughs> you know? and right. you're home for a really long time and you've got your 2.5 kids there and, you know, all of those various things. So they're finding that, you know, telling people, well, you have to work from eight until five might not work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in mm-hmm. fact, it's probably not going to work anymore, you, you, especially if they have kids at home, if they have, you know, all sorts of things. And so they're finding that they're having to change and make new rules. And of course, the biggest rule is, are you getting your work done? Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So true. Well, and I mean, I don't know who made up that quote originally, but the the one necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been around for hundreds of not thousands of years. Mm-hmm. But I think about that in COVID, there are so many things that are being done, mm-hmm. like you said, right now, whether it's in the healthcare space, right. education, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. Um, art I classes. have designer masks. Designer. Who would have thought seven <laughs> yeah. months ago? I know. There's a whole be... market that exists. Right. That, that there, I mean, mm-hmm. these plastic things that are up in front of right. the cash registers mm-hmm. or, you know, the footprints on the floors yeah. at the grocery stores. Yeah. And, you know, like, those, oh, those, I'm going the wrong way. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Those are products and services that didn't really exist before. Yep. And there have been businesses mm-hmm. that have absolutely been dismantled and mm-hmm. crushed. And I mean, I have some friends that own catering businesses oh. and friends that were in the oh. wedding business mm-hmm. and friends that own concert venues. Uh, and so some of them had just been crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they are they are pivoting and mm-hmm. they are shifting and yeah. they are they are licking mm-hmm. their wounds and then looking at either new mm-hmm. business models or mm-hmm. they're getting out of that business model altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are businesses that are actually thriving. I mean, there right. are businesses that have mm-hmm. really taken going. Oh my God, mm-hmm. my I mean, look at Zoom. I mean, we're uh, you know, I know. Uh, oh my God, their stock yeah. is like fifty yeah. times yeah. higher than it was. Smartest or more. thing it's they like, could do was to tell schools they got it for free. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, I mean, that's a business model that existed, but mm-hmm. something like a tragedy mm-hmm. that we have now has right. elevated that to more of service mm-hmm. to the world uh, or online education mm-hmm. programs, or like you said, mask or realizing, hey, this does save me time to have a meeting uh, with 10 people in mm-hmm. a Zoom call versus having everyone drive right. to mm-hmm. be there to then drive back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got uh, right now four virtual assistants. And when I do my mm-hmm. evening call with them, I have one in Costa Rica, one mm-hmm. in Japan, one in India, mm-hmm. uh, one one in the United States, and one uh, in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we use Zoom to communicate right. and streamline processes mm-hmm. and systems and use talent um, mm-hmm. Uh, in ways that I'm maximizing mm-hmm. that. So I think that uh, you're right. It, it is challenging all of us mm-hmm. to go, you know, when we said, I can never do that. Mm-hmm. And now people are doing it. Right. I, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, 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 it's one of those never say never things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that the mother nature, God universe uh, has said, mm-hmm. Hey, you didn't think you could slow down. You didn't think, guess you what? Could sp- <laughs> guess what? Hey, we got, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a brick upside the head the moment. Right. And right. you know, You've mm-hmm. had those. I know you've had mm-hmm. those with your health. Mm-hmm. I've had those with my health. I've mm-hmm. had those uh, in uh, as much as we were talking about corporate America mm-hmm. and Warren Buffett. It was a great honor. After 15 years at corporate America and the meltdown in 2008, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a real estate COVID. Mm-hmm. It was like right. mortgage and real estate COVID. Mm-hmm. It just demolished mm-hmm. the real estate industry. Um, I had to close half of our company, had Ooh. to fire people left and right, mm-hmm. closed uh 45 of our mm-hmm. 110 real estate offices. And then a week before Christmas, I got fired and pushed oh. out. Oh, uh, before you know, Christmas? Uh, oh. Like a week. And it wasn't by Warren Buffett directly. It was the corporate ladder that went right. down. But mm-hmm. I was the high guy at the totem pole. Mm-hmm. I had um, was making you know still a lot of money. They put the guy in under me that made half that I did that wasn't as mm-hmm. vocal about pushing back and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it was time. But that brick upside at the moment mm-hmm. was my you know necessity mm-hmm. as a mother of invention. That right. was my own personal mm-hmm. COVID of mm-hmm. like, tragedy and change Mm -hmm. and identity and money and have to go Mm -hmm. reinvent and, and, you know, and I found a way to find a path and and go create. And that Mm -hmm. happens to people every day of their own lives with health or marriage Mm -hmm. or divorce or cancer or alcoholism, Mm -hmm. you know, which I struggled with, Mm -hmm. you know, many, many years ago. And lucky to say, I I have uh, been able to overcome that. Uh, Thank you. But those are all our Mm -hmm. own quote COVID Mm -hmm. moments. You know, we all have our own private Mm -hmm. internal COVID Mm -hmm. moments that devastate us, Mm -hmm. that change our rules, Mm -hmm. that move, move the cheese in a big, big way. This one just happens to be global. And it shows us how connected we all really Mm -hmm. are, Mm -hmm. you know, like it or not, we are connected through technology, mm-hmm. through viruses, through mm-hmm. health, and through common things that mm-hmm. everybody wants. People want mm-hmm. their families to be healthy. Right. People want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. People want to have a right to speak mm-hmm. up. People, all of those things, I don't care if you're in Japan or mm-hmm. Russia or China or you know, San Diego or Atlanta, mm-hmm. those are common things that mm-hmm. all of us as human beings and spiritual mm-hmm. beings want. And so right. I'm hoping that even though there's all this disrest and all this upheaval in the country, that it will start swinging into even more awareness besides mm-hmm. just divisiveness. Um, right. And I know that's a little Pollyanna, but we have to focus on mm-hmm. the good and in and, and addition to take the challenges we have at hand in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's funny that you say Pollyanna because I've been accused of that too. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's just that, 
you know, we like to think the best in people. Um, you know, now there are definitely people that I have cut out of my life. Um, you know, starting five years ago, you know, it was just, I needed to focus on healing Yes. And, and having, you know, people in my life that were, you know, nasty, negative, whatever, that just wasn't going to help me heal. Now, can you yeah. get rid of all of them? Sometimes you can't, um, but you can limit your exposure, you know, things like that. And, and, um, but I, I, it, the bad part is that it, it quite often takes a tragedy, whether personal, you know, global, whatever, for us to really start thinking, okay, you know, what's, what is going on here? What, what is happening? And, and to really rethink things. I think, you know, I I was talking with somebody earlier today and I said, I think the whole, you know, key to to surviving this pandemic is patience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and just remembering that everybody's going through this, you know, we're, (laughs) there is no one who's not touched by it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and, and when we have our personal things, you know, nobody knows, um, but, um, you know, but, but yeah, there's, there's all these things that, that kind of go into it. And, and, and we have to remember that, that people are going through that. Um, I was telling somebody else, you know, we, there's the whole big mask debate. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, because of my immune system, I wear a mask. Yeah. If you don't want to wear a mask, fine. I just get a little bit further away from you. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's that, you know, and, and, but I, I was walking through a parking lot and, and this was, you know, a while ago, you know, and, and, and this was actually when things were still really unsettled. Um, and I had my mask on and this man, <sighs> you must be a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And, and I stopped and my husband's like, oh. <laughs> and, and I turned around and I, you know, I, I do have my mother's finger on occasion. <laughs> and and I looked at him and I said, no, sir, I'm a cancer patient. Good for you. Wow. And he That's stopped powerful. and, and he, he literally kind of moved back and he I said, bet. I'm sorry. And I said, think of that the next time you're going to be nasty to somebody. Wow, that's now powerful. Uh, you know. It, but the bad part was that I had to say that. Yes. Um. Right, you right. know, and and but maybe it did make him think twice about you know. I'm it, sure it did. I mean, know, that and, would that would make yeah, me think twice. Yeah. I'm like, wow. You know, you and know, and a, you know, the the few times where I've actually told somebody, hey, you know, would you mind pulling your mask up? It's been because I've recently had a treatment or something like that. You know, and and sure. can't can't you know move away from them. But yeah, I'm like, okay, you know, if you choose not to wear a mask, that is your choice. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, all of these things, they really do make us look deeper inside ourselves is is maybe the the best way to put that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that really is how you work with people is to, to get them to, to find that and, and develop it and nurture it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier about rules. I mean, mm-hmm. when you were talking about having people no longer in your life, mm-hmm. obviously they blo- broke certain rules right. that were boundaries for you that you mm-hmm. said no longer. This is a, like, that's a personal rule mm-hmm. to you. If they offended you too many times, right. if they offended others, if mm-hmm. they didn't bring joy into your life, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, you might, okay, that rule is now broken enough. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to mm-hmm. shorten my, I'm going to mm-hmm. shrink, uh, shorten my circle or, mm-hmm. or small, make mm-hmm. my circle smaller. And in this, in the rules of the mass stuff, it is funny how that's become a political, what size yeah. you're on. I mean, I think about, you know, if you look back mm-hmm. in the days when you could walk into restaurants without shoes, walk into restaurants without mm-hmm. shirts, you didn't have to wear a seatbelt, you could right. smoke in restaurants, mm-hmm. you could smoke on planes. Mm-hmm. All of those were precautionary things mm-hmm. to help society as a whole. Mm-hmm. 
right. wasn't just about infringing on your right. Like, yeah, I know you'd rather go barefoot in a restaurant, but mm-hmm. you know, w- we have rules you can't do that. Or yeah. we know you'd like to smoke your cigarette mm-hmm. on the plane right now, but no, you can't do that anymore. And uh, we ma- survived it. And we survived it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, as a society, um, if uh, having a mask on has become such a political statement mm-hmm. when it really started out as a health issue mm-hmm. about being respectful of mm-hmm. those around you. Like, you know, if you were before COVID going to mm-hmm. sneeze and you're at a meeting, you wouldn't just sneeze mm-hmm. all over the table, right. but you'd put your hand over your uh-huh. mouth. And, and that's kind of mm-hmm. social respected, mm-hmm. uh, unspoken or spoken mm-hmm. rule. So if we now said, hey, what does a mask hurt? Like mm-hmm. my point is, yeah. what does it hurt right. if, it, if it helps mm-hmm. others around mm-hmm. you and it helps show mm-hmm. that you're part of the cause of let's mm-hmm. all get beyond this. So it is one of those things, whether it's a company, mm-hmm. whether it's society, whether it's your family, mm-hmm. that if something is important enough, that's where it's being of service to mm-hmm. others. And when we were talking about earlier, how can I be of service to others versus being in my ego? Mm-hmm. So when you're in the mass situation, when you're in making a decision for an employee, should I have a program? Should I not have a program? Again, that simple phrase, is that ego or is that Iggy? Mm-hmm. And if, if people could just pause and, and ask yourself that question, is that edging good out? Mm-hmm. Is that edging God out? Mm-hmm. Or is that inviting good in? Mm-hmm. Or is that inviting God in? Right. And if the answer is yes, more towards the Iggy, mm-hmm. why not lean towards that mm-hmm. in all the decisions right. we're making? And it's a very simple thing to look at. Like you said, mm-hmm. we need more of that right now. We mm-hmm. don't need less. Um, and uh, it will change uh, I know many, many people that have been affected by COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, some have passed, some mm-hmm. have been sick, some companies have been devastated, many mm-hmm. have recovered, mm-hmm. uh, but it is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so we have to realize it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I get people think it's no further than the flu, but at least we have flu shots. Mm-hmm. We don't have a COVID right. shot yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So even though, and and the statistics are different I, mm-hmm. and, and they are higher, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. so to speak. So let's deal with what's in right. front of us and how mm-hmm. can we better and serve everybody together. Right. You know, and we saw that happen when September 11th happened. Absolutely. You know, where everybody came together, um, you know, and, and you know, at, at that point, I was still working in corporate America. And one of the things that I got tasked with was, was buying an American flag that we could hang in the lobby. Now, this was not your five by three flag that you could get at Lowe's. This was, you know, like a 60 foot flag. I mean, this is, is oh, a wow. massive flag. And I couldn't buy one because they were immediately bought out. Oh, all gone. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, and 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 the the company that I ended up buying it from, you know, they ran their machines full time and and all sorts of stuff. And it it really did only take a couple of days. But you know, we we had that whole we're in this together type of of thing, yeah. and then it faded. Um, you know, and and we got back to you know, okay, what's in it for me? Um, you know, and, and all of those things. And, and, you know, and, and the bad part is that, or the good part, I mean, you know, it is the way it is. That's what happens. We have something that happens, we learn from it, and then we kind of slide back and then something else happens and, and all of these things, you know, it just, you hope that more of the good sticks with us each time. Yeah, agreed. Well, and I think that partially comes be- between that mindset of us and them, mm-hmm. uh, us and them, whatever us or them might right. be. And I think about September 11th, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, I have four brothers, so I came from a family of five boys, mm-hmm. and I could fight with 
brothers left and right. But if somebody else picked on mm-hmm. my brother, believe me, I was going to oh, stand yeah. up and said, you are not going to pick on mm-hmm. my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as America and then as the world, when we got picked mm-hmm. on and then devastated mm-hmm. and people saw how horrendous that was, mm-hmm. not only the U.S. pulled together, like mm-hmm. you're not going to do that to us. Others rallied against that as well right. at, at the majority of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, even though, yes, it looks like this originated from China, mm-hmm. then it's an us and them. This very right. well could have originated from the U.S. This yeah. very well. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not I'm not saying it now, but mm-hmm. in, high, in the future. Right. Because right. uh, mm-hmm. this will not be the last time there's some now virus that has mm-hmm. affected everybody, whether yeah, I mean, it's there's, intended there's or warfare. That or, come around. I mean, you know, right. I remember Ebola and SARS and exactly. all of those various things. There's going to mm-hmm. be more in our lifetime mm-hmm. and in our grandkids' lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it will be so. Where Will it come from Finland? Mm-hmm. Will it come from Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Will it come? So if we're always blaming where it came from, Mm -hmm. and it creates this us or them, then it creates the divisiveness versus Mm -hmm. going, okay, we're all in this together. Just Mm -hmm. like this was September 11th, just Mm -hmm. for New York and the United States, Mm -hmm. even though it happened in China, they're dying all over the world Mm -hmm. and also dying in China. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's like, it shouldn't, uh, so I'm thinking if we can get to mindset again, just Mm -hmm. lives, our families and Mm -hmm. our businesses, again, trying to get past the us and them and getting into the we, Mm -hmm. if we continue to get into the we as a Mm -hmm. global society, which is really where power and Iggy's Mm -hmm. all out. I'm not here to profess anybody's religion, anybody's practice, anything like that. But what I know, all common religions, Mm -hmm. all common spirits, all, uh, you know, wanting to do good and find Mm -hmm. joy and peace in the world, ultimately, happiness, we want we want love. We mm-hmm. want the golden rule. We want to feel like we have meaning. We feel, we want to feel like there's a, a, a safe place for our kids to grow mm-hmm. up and prosper and grow. I don't care what your culture, your, your mm-hmm. race, all religions, all people typically want those common right. things. Right. Uh, so if we realize that's the we, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that's the we, what mm-hmm. is the common thing we can do in our businesses and our cultures and mm-hmm. our uh, products and our services that help fuel more of that, not mm-hmm. less of that? Uh, right. And how can we make more we's versus us and them's? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's, I, I, back in March, started an online networking group. And that was more just because, you know, we were all feeling very isolated and this way we could at least see each other. And it evolved into having an educational component. And just yesterday, today's Wednesday, right? So just yep. yesterday, <laughs> we talked about the cowboy way and the code of the West. And, you know, and, and, and I love talking about that because it was, it was very much the, the same thing. And one of the things that, that we brought up was the fact that, a lot of cowboys are not go to church type of, of people. Now mm-hmm. there's a variety of reasons for that, not the least of which is they don't have time. You know, they right, right. they they have to be doing stuff on the ranch or the, the farm or whatever. And um, you know, and and but they were you know, I, I grew up in in you know northern Colorado, ranchers all around us, you know, and and all of these things and and to me, they were all deeply spiritual. Yes, yes. You know, there was the and and it was that tie to the land. That's and, right. You know, That's they right. they might have never touched a Bible in their life, Which but they might have been the most spiritual people Absolutely. that I knew. Absolutely. Well, and I agree with you. I mean, anytime you have something, the only thing that I d- define spirituality is, and that I define God as, my mm-hmm. definition of God is that God is the sum of all that is. Hmm. 
So that's my definition. Mm -hmm. So if God is the sum mm -hmm. of all that is, because everything is made up of energy, then mm -hmm. I have no preconceived notion about what he or she looks like. And it's not in a, right. mm -hmm. you know, it's not in a set figure. Mm -hmm. It is just mm -hmm. this universal higher mm -hmm. consciousness of energy. And it's the sum of all that is. I know that that's not me. I know that I'm part of that. I know mm -hmm. that I'm a, a piece of that mm -hmm. energy. It's mm -hmm. like if you take a glass and you dip it into the ocean mm -hmm. and you hold it up. I talked about that in my book. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got that from other teachers that I had. Mm -hmm. But if you're in the ocean and you have a glass of water and you pull the glass mm -hmm. up and you go, oh, there's ocean in my glass. Mm -hmm. uh, is that still ocean water? Or is that now just water? And if right. you turn it upside down and you turn it back into mm -hmm. ocean, it goes back to source. It changes form, but it's mm -hmm. still part of the same. Right. So it, whether you're Catholic or Muslim or Hindu or have no religious spirituality mm -hmm. uh, definition, but you are a higher, you believe in mother, you, you believe mother nature exists. Mm -hmm. You believe in love. Mm -hmm. You believe in fate. Mm -hmm. You believe in uh, calves uh, being birthed by uh, its mother. You mm -hmm. You believe in seasonal, uh, you know, farming, and you know that that has a rhythm to it. Mm -hmm. That is all spirituality mm -hmm. to me. You know, your your prayer might be playing a guitar. Your prayer might be mm -hmm. sitting quietly and listening to the birds on your mm -hmm. back porch. You know, your meditation might be listening to classical music for five minutes in your car mm -hmm. in your garage. I mean, so, uh, you know, to me, I, I'm not here to define that for anybody. Right. I just am here to encourage mm -hmm. people to find more mm -hmm. of that right. to for themselves, like dig deeper on that mm -hmm. piece. And how can you then have that fuel even further? It's like mm -hmm. we were talking about, about the rules defined or undefined. Mm -hmm. How can you define your own spirituality? Mm -hmm. And then I say, how can I turn that into a practice for myself that mm -hmm. it nourishes my soul more? Right. And if it nourishes my soul more, can I share that with others mm -hmm. in my own unique way? Mm -hmm. And that's all. That's the simplicity right. of what I'm doing. And mm -hmm. I think our businesses, whether you're a president, a CEO, a teacher, an owner, uh, a homemaker, mm -hmm. a student, all those things are just examples mm -hmm. and uh, excuses that in the world, like Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage, mm -hmm. uh, and we're all just actors mm -hmm. on it. You know, what we do is just an excuse to show up and be better human beings mm -hmm. and better spiritual beings, mm -hmm. use our craft to share that higher Iggy energy, you mm -hmm. know? So that's how I look at, at the, uh, the importance of right. all of us uh, mm -hmm. taking awareness of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So what is spiritual intelligence? Because you talk about that in your book. Yeah, well, you know, I've done a lot of, uh, over the years being in corporate, we had all these mm -hmm. personality surveys where we would, you know, have people do their surveys and whether they were controller or amiable or analytical. Uh, and then we started getting into emotional intelligence. Um, and uh, emotional intelligence was defined about your, your EQ and your IQ. Mm -hmm. And now the buzzword, and it's part of much of what we're doing, and it's even part of some of the stuff that's probably here on Zoom, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Or if you're on uh, Amazon ordering a product, mm -hmm and the chat box pops yeah. up and there's the or it answers says if questions. you like this you'll like this exactly mm -hmm. that's all artificial mm -hmm. intelligence mm -hmm. so for me spiritual intelligence is uh, again if my definition of god is the sum of all that is all of that stuff that we just talked mm -hmm. about intellect emotional intelligence mm -hmm. artificial intelligence technology google all the mm -hmm. stuff you can search on google that's also part of a higher intelligence that mm -hmm. allowed us to develop and create that so spiritual intelligence is tapping into understanding what is your operating system. Hmm. So like some people use Apple, some people mm -hmm. use a different type of phone, or mm -hmm. I happen to be on a desktop versus a, a Mac on my desktop. That's an operating system mm -hmm. that operates in a certain way. Right. So spiritual intelligence is taking what your belief is of spirituality 
and believing that that's something higher mm-hmm. than yourself and that that operating system becomes part of your daily DNA. And that you're constantly, it's, it's mm-hmm. your running operating system of your life, your ego mm-hmm. and your spirit. Mm-hmm. So spiritual intelligence is realizing that there is something higher than myself and in your business plans, your decisions, your thinking, that you're pausing to allow room for that. Mm-hmm. that you're pausing to allow and invite that in. So when you are looking for answers, when you are making decisions, mm-hmm. that you say, what is my spiritual intelligence mm-hmm. around this? And that's usually about getting quiet for a few minutes and right. tapping into that inner voice mm-hmm. uh, that you have. So that spiritual intelligence is just really your operating system mm-hmm. of something higher than yourself and allowing that to run your life more than you run your life yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and I love that, you know, stopping and pausing. You know, and, and, and you talk in your book about meditating and prayer and things like that. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that we get caught up in is we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. And even if we're sitting, we've got our phone in front of us and we're looking at Facebook and we're doing this and this and this and this and this. And we never just pause. Yes. Um, several years ago, my husband built this um, pergola type of thing outside. And it's, you know, I've, I've recently kind of rediscovered it mm. and, you know, furnished it and, you know, put all these, you know, all these, the, you know, all these various things. And I love to go out there. Now, usually I take a book, um, but to me, that's, that's a pause yeah. is to take and sit. And, you know, when I really am doing, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll put the book down and I'll, you know, how many different birds can I, can I pick out? We yes. live behind, you know, there's a, a big wooded area behind us. You know, all of these various things, and, and maybe that comes partially from growing up in Colorado, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, there's, there's a little bit more nature that's in me. And, and there are times where I need nature. Yes. Um, when I was so sick, I spent seven weeks in the hospital. Wow. Um, and, you know, and, and, and at one point, they actually transferred me to a different facility and, you know, I'm, I'm on the little gurney and they're taking me out. And, and I don't know, I don't quite remember what I did, but I remember he said, do you want us to just stay here so you can soak up the sun? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like two minutes at the, the, the most. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, but it was just like, oh my God, there's yeah, fresh air. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, um, I, I, I remember that. Yeah. I, I remember that Willie, my, when you said that, I just had a flashback. My wife, uh, back when I had one of those spirit, another spiritual mm-hmm. waking, uh, this was about seven or eight mm-hmm. years ago or more, she had an unexpected surgery that went very badly mm-hmm. uh, and ended up in uh, almost bleeding to death and mm-hmm. ended up in intensive care, almost mm-hmm. died, was in a coma for almost a week, oh, and was in the hospital for, mm-hmm. for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I remember wheeling her out of the hospital, mm-hmm. like you just said, uh, no makeup on, looked like right. she'd been in a coma mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. And she saw, and she got that sun mm-hmm. and she was sitting there and she just smiled and put her mm-hmm. face up to the sun and yeah. just paused and just mm-hmm. wanted to sit there. And I remember mm-hmm. as you just said that, I remember that mm-hmm. experience. Uh, so thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, but yes, that, that silent moment, um, you know, we are always on this mm-hmm. hustle, bustle, stuff, characters mm-hmm. flowing around our screen, on our computer screen, pop-ups, mm-hmm. all of that. So I have a daily practice that I have mm-hmm. to discipline myself mm-hmm. um, to obviously, you know, we all know when we're supposed to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. brush our teeth. We don't, we have to go to the bathroom. We know when we go to sleep. Uh, and if I didn't pl- plug in a daily schedule and a daily ritual of daily meditation and prayer mm-hmm. and pausing and right. stopping, mm-hmm. I would let other days go by. Mm-hmm. So I have, I think I talked about in that my, my book, the mm-hmm. four B's where I have a daily scorecard mm-hmm. of body mm-hmm. being bonds and business. Mm -hmm. And my being category is daily meditation a few times throughout the day. Mm 
um, that I pause and no music, no anything. Mm -hmm. It's me sitting and just listening. And it's, mm -hmm. and I, I think about the cowboy out on the, 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 uh, riding the horse. I mean, mm -hmm. they clearly have their pauses of connections with right. nature and mm -hmm. they're in that pause where they're mm -hmm. not listening to mm -hmm. stuff. And even for them, even pausing there mm -hmm. and, and then stopping mm -hmm. in nature and even listening deeper mm -hmm. than just the birds or mm -hmm. the calves is, is the place you can even go deeper. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, um, you know, uh, when people, you, you talked about earlier before we jumped on the call about part of your, your, your cancer stuff is people say, I'll pray for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking of you, right. I'm with you, my mm -hmm. heart's with you. And anytime mm -hmm. there's strategy, that's a common thing that we mm -hmm. say and people right. mean it. Uh, and for me, that's so necessary, but mm -hmm. prayer is usually giving or asking for things or offering things right. to others. Right. Med mm -hmm. Meditation is stopping and just stopping all the noise mm -hmm. and then listening to mm -hmm. your higher spiritual intelligence. Mm -hmm. And it's stopping those voices that mm -hmm. continually run in our head ongoing. Mm -hmm. And it's even with the silence, finding ways to still that voice and find mm -hmm. the silence beyond that. And it's mm -hmm. magical when it connects and happens. Mm -hmm. And that's where your deepest core mm -hmm. of spiritual intelligence really is and tapping right. into that. So on a daily basis, I absolutely have to stop and pause and, mm -hmm. and, and do that. And I highly encourage it to anybody mm -hmm. who's looking to de-stress their life, to find more peace and tranquility, mm -hmm. to get through difficult times and make decisions that are better for yourself or your life or your business, just some little few minutes of meditation mm -hmm. each day throughout the day can dramatically right. shift your mm -hmm. consciousness uh, of that you're not mm -hmm. alone. Uh, right. And you were talking about that, about some of the stuff you had, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And even when there's no one around you, when you mm -hmm. tap into spiritual intelligence, you are never, ever, ever alone. Right. And, and you feel kind of that healing power. Yes. Um, you know, I, I had, had shared that, you know, before I go in for, for my variety of ongoing procedures, it, I'm not alone. You know, there, there are people who are with me and, you know, and, and I'm, you're always anxious when you go in for things like that. I mean, you know, there's just no, even if it's a routine procedure, you're still, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things that you're thinking about. And, and I have found that when I stop and just think, okay, first of all, I can't let all of those people down, you know, but it is, you know, I can't let them down because they are supporting me. And, you know, and it's been interesting because some of them are people that I never, ever thought even knew I existed. Mm. And some of them don't. I mean, you know, I've, I've been on prayer groups and prayer chains for in, in churches where I've never been, um, you know, and, and all these various things. And I just think that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, that is. Um, but then there have also been people that dropped off, you know, for mm -hmm. whatever reason. And, and I don't hold any ill will toward them, you know, and, and it was just, the time that they, you know, went on their merry little way. And, and that's perfectly fine. But, um, but yeah, it, it is weird how, you know, to bring this full circle, it unfortunately takes something like being sick, you know, having a pandemic, you know, losing your business, all of these various things for us to stop and think, okay, now what? Um, you know, and, and unfortunately for some, they, they don't survive it, but you know, there are so many who come out of it much better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and when all those people are saying they pray for you, or if we think about, you know, when we say the pledge of allegiance, God mm -hmm. bless America, mm -hmm. or we're saying you're in my prayers and thoughts, right. 
those people are tapping into mm -hmm. a higher energy, mm -hmm. which again is the sum of all that is. Mm -hmm. And that's just channeling it for you. So whether they were partially on right. your path mm -hmm. or they that served you at the time and mm -hmm. that energy continues to move mm -hmm. onward and continues to right. surround you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're even talking about it now. Mm -hmm. So that energy lives mm -hmm. and that those prayers, those thoughts, right. those that that tangibleness of, mm -hmm. of giving your heart or your blessings to mm -hmm. someone else does help them continue mm -hmm. to go on and does mm -hmm. it, that is part of also like servant leadership mm -hmm. in a way because when you know there's other people that care and are counting mm -hmm. about wanting to hear your story even though you're there trying to survive and in right. some cases life or death mm -hmm. you're also thinking about serving others mm -hmm. by by honoring them mm -hmm. and by letting them know that you're getting through this or letting them know bad day. So it's interesting when people care about you, mm -hmm. it pulls us also out of ourselves and also right. is a form of servant leadership, even mm -hmm. though it's them trying to serve us. It's mm -hmm. funny how that works and it's mm -hmm. reciprocal. Right, right. And we have to be open to accepting it. You know, yes. I think that's the other thing. And, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, oh my gosh, we are almost at the top of the yeah, hour. We <laughs> just scratched the surface on this. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, that you talk about in the book is being receptive to that, to, to, to tell your employees, to tell, you know, customers, whoever it is, I need help, yes, um, you know, or, yes. or maybe not even help, but hey, you know, here's what's going on, you know, and, and, right. and allowing people to, to do that because it, it's better for everyone in the long run when you do that. Yeah. And well, that's and the hard part, you know, because it's very we hard. We yeah, all want to look boss. strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're the boss. And I remember going through corporate America and I know we're almost out of here. And when I had to do speeches in front of the group, I mm -hmm. always, I was the suit and tie guy, I carried mm -hmm. the message. And when I first had my first bout with almost dying back mm -hmm. for some a tragic thing I had years ago, and I was vulnerable mm -hmm. on stage and talked about how that shifted and changed me. I started shifting all my communications moving forward mm -hmm. about being vulnerable, about mm -hmm. being transparent, about being real and not mm -hmm. being the suit and tie guy. And mm -hmm. it shifted dramatically right. how people responded mm -hmm. and reacted to me that I didn't need help, that I wasn't, mm -hmm. I didn't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I mean, who was I to fuel, fool, fool anybody right. that I thought I did in the first place? Mm -hmm. So you're right. Being receptive to asking mm -hmm. for help, being vulnerable, showing your, uh, your possible inadequacies or your, your mm -hmm. frailties along with your strengths mm -hmm. makes us a full human spiritual being. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the more we do that, the more people are willing to dress up, show up, and, and be more of themselves right. with you. Mm -hmm. Right. Which ultimately is, you know, going to benefit your business, your life, whatever. Absolutely. Well, huh, see, this is why I set a timer because, you know, we could be going on for this forever because it is, it's just so fascinating. And, and I love talking about it. It's, it's so cool. So, yeah, it just means we have to, to chat again. But, yes, you know, sure. and I forgot to say, do you have a copy of your book that you can show us? Because I just have the digital oh. version. Oh, yeah. Right here. Uh, you have to be Vanna. The, be Vanna. Uh, this is the so Iggy Principles. The Iggy Principles. And, and yes, yeah. it is Iggy, not I-G-I. And um, what's interesting about the book is that at the end of it, it's a shorter book and the mm -hmm. chapters are smaller. But at the end of every chapter, there's a QR code uh, that mm -hmm. you take a picture of and it takes mm -hmm. you to a two to three minute mm -hmm. video. Or if you're in your Kindle, you just click on the link. And so it's mm -hmm. an interactive book. It's got right. reading, uh, video. And then mm -hmm. there's also a site that it takes you to that has social media interactive uh, quotes and uh, pre pre-written swipes. So yep. it's a, a multimedia yep. book. Wait, we know Mitchell Levy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you know Mitchell. And Mitchell I'm, the publisher. I'm an, I'm an aha person. Oh, perfect. Um, great, and, great, and so And so what we're talking about, folks, is you have to read the book to see what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a great book. I loved reading it. Um, so how do people find and connect with you, Steve? 
Thank you. Uh, probably the easiest way, um, again, as you mentioned, my name's Steve Rogers, and a lot of people say, oh, is that like Captain America? I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh it actually is Captain America. Yeah. yeah. Well, when my early days, I used to call me Mr. Rogers. Where's your neighborhood? Where's your sweater? So I got all that, and it wasn't bad. But when, they, when the Marvels then made Captain America mm-hmm. popular again, and they go, hey, I'd start checking into hotels, and they're like, mm-hmm. you mean like Captain America? And I would laugh. I go, oh, I guess so, yeah. Anyway, but I'm Rogers with a D, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. So it's steverogers.net. Uh, and on there, you'll see links to my book, mm-hmm. videos, blogs, social media connections, all that. So steverogers.net is probably the best place to start. And then my books are on Amazon um, as well. And uh, so uh, that's the best way to connect with me. Perfect. I love it. Would well, you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? Well, I think the, one of the thoughts is, as you said earlier, about being patient is absolutely mm-hmm. key. And then I would also end on being grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, finding things, and, and you and I had this conversation before the call, and, and you brought this to, to light again, and, and all the challenges you had with some of your health stuff, that your mm-hmm. humor and your ability to find gratefulness, even when you're going in for treatments or processes or making the doctors, that you have found ways to be grateful, even in the midst of hardship. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage myself to be reminded of that, and thank you for reminding myself that earlier, and I talk about that in the book as well. Mm-hmm. But for all the listeners, find out what you can be grateful for today. You know, where is the smallest or the biggest Mm -hmm. rock item that you can find gratitude and then let that gratitude magnify and tell somebody about it. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody about what you're grateful for within them or around them. So I would say I would end on gratitude. I love it. Well, I am so grateful that I had this opportunity to talk with you. Can't wait to do it again. And we definitely will. Um, Until then, though, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a wonderful, delightful conversation with Steve Rogers. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, everybody. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.